be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. Before we actually jump into the podcast for real, I just want to introduce my guest a little bit more. Um, He's been on the podcast before, so some of you will know Craig Gunn very well. And for the others who don't know him, um, he is a coach educator, works very much with uh, grassroots coaches, uh, looking to help them engage and build better learning environments for their players. Uh, He is very experienced, uh, having worked in schools and with clubs at all different levels, got a master's of education in sports coaching, uh, worked in universities as well. Anyway, I'm sure you enjoy it and get a lot out of it. Um, I jump in with a few of my own thoughts as well, and I think we tackle some quite interesting conversations around players who are finding it difficult because other players aren't working so hard and what coaches may be able to do to help them out a little bit more and also his experiences uh, working with players with different different abilities and differentiation and we touch again on some things that he's experienced on his little UK tour. So I hope you enjoy the podcast and if you want to learn a bit more about Craig jump over to craiggun.org to find out some more. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Dan Cottrell and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. I am in uh, my little office at the top of my house overlooking uh, Swansea Bay and in the distance, if it wasn't so foggy, I'd be able to see the bright lights of the Port Talbot uh, Steelworks. Uh, But the person who's sitting next to me, if he looked outside his window, he would see the beach and look across to the great barrier reef is that true no not quite it'd be closer to morton island morton island yeah so you could probably guess by that uh thick australian accent and grumbly uh grainy voice that i have with me the quiet and reserved man who is known as craig gunn so welcome to the podcast craig thanks for having me i not sure why you've had me back, but I've been staying in your house. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> so I'm not quite sure whether you twist my and say we're going to do a podcast or it's the other way around. But uh, I could not resist the temptation to uh, put Gunny on the spot and ask him some very tough questions and maybe offer a few views of my, my own. So uh, at the moment, Gunny's on a little tour of the UK and he has been to some lovely places. I'm just going to get him to pronounce some of the places he's been to. <laughs> So uh, just tell me where you've been to. Okay. Well, some of them are easy. Jeez, I'm trying to think. Yep, haven't. The great haven't. Mate, that's always fantastic. That's down in uh, the uh, the southern part of England. Yeah. Yeah, so look, I I, I didn't want to work as hard this trip, but um, got a call from Navin, Navin uh, Rugby Football Club over in Ireland. Okay, right near where my mum, she's from Knockbridge in County Louth. Um, And also, yep, uh, 
caught up with these great people from St David's uh, run by Dan, not sure his last name, but St David's up in Luandando. <laughs> Luandando. Luandando. <laughs> and, and the thing is that, uh, apologies to all my uh, Welsh friends uh, for my mispronunciation, I can probably, uh, you're allowed to get away with that. Uh, so what Incredible was things down there. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think you've been up in uh, up in the north with uh, Stuart Wilkerson as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Look, you know, in the end, I'm sorry to say this, I've obviously played and coached, mate, I've coached more rugby union than rugby league, but I'm from the rugby league background. Yep, Wilco always got up there. Stuart Wilkinson, Salford Red Devils. Uh, heading down to the wonderful people at Gordano tomorrow. Just got to hope we get a better weather day than this. And then uh, Rugby Football League have got me up there to do something with the English talent pathway on the oh. 14th. Yeah, and we'll go Stuart Wilkinson after. Yeah, so uh, I know that uh, you're a big fan of Stuart, so give us some things that you've picked up from uh, Wilco this time around. Oh, Jesus, I mean, okay, oh, well, how's this one? Okay, as we get older, okay, we get more and more used to uh, knowing the person we should have been. Which is, which is which is quite scary. So now, if I if I was to put you on the spot about that, what what behaviour now are you? Not this very moment, because of course you're being yourself, which is which is lovely. What yeah. behaviours now that you are displaying, which you wish you'd uh, were say twenty years ago? So give me an example. Oh well, Jesus, you know, open it up. Um, a few, you know. <laughs> Things are canned worms here, but hey, look, I, I bought my first house at 20 and second house at 22. I'm from, you know, not that kind of a background, you know what I mean? But I was just driven to do other things. Uh, it, mate, it, it drove me down. I mean, when my wife, okay, it wasn't my wife at the time, <laughs> I came over here to, you know, did the 90s UK thing, which all Aussies and Kiwis and South Africans seemed to do back in those days. Mate, she saw the world, but I had to pay two mortgages off when I came over, brought two thousand dollars over okay i only had one thousand you know left in the first week for <laughs> a week in london so just stuff like that working too hard and you know not focusing on you know proper relationships that's what i get from hanging around people like you or stuart wilkinson as we're getting older we realize you know the richness of of you know real male you know, relationships, for example, or, you know, um, you're just getting better at getting to know yourself and, and who others are. Yeah, and I think the other thing is uh, that one of the things I've picked up from you is uh, is that you listen to as many different people from as many different backgrounds and don't get caught up in uh, what you think is a bubble of what you should agree with and have that ability to say, I'm going to listen and there may be some, there may be something in here which I need to take away without sort of mm. saying, I'm going to go in there and I'm looking to find the, the bad in it. And it's, you've got to be able to be critical of everything yeah. without being aggressively critical, which is something we've talked about a lot is yeah. uh, sometimes people will put ideas out there and people will pile in and say, no, this is wrong. This is terrible. And you've actually got to say, where is this coming from? Yes. Why are they thinking these things? So 100%. Yeah. The big W question, why, why, why? Yeah. And I think the thing is that I found from uh, Stuart Wilkinson is that uh, he puts out a lot of stuff there, but he's very positive about it. He said, look, look at this, think about this, and uh, I would. I did a great podcast with him, which I, I learnt a lot from him, and I had to go and look up quite a lot of words afterwards. <laughs> <as well. laughs> 
well. which, is, which he explained at the time. But there is so much. To, there's so much to learn. Okay, uh, so um, there's a couple of things that I want to ask you about, and they've they've come up uh, in the last few days. And one of them was uh, someone asked a question, and I thought this is a great question to ask you because I've got a few views on it. And the question was um, that uh, a player, a 15 year old player, goes to the coach and he says, uh, "I try really hard. I want to improve. I'm fed up with certain teammates coming and putting in little effort. It ruins my experience." Uh, that much so I want to give up uh, help mm, so mm. we got to we got to speak to the coach and give him some mm. thoughts um, over to you Gunny what do you think oh Jesus mate you, you used the question why before and I don't want to teach these you know a lot of your grassroots coaches how to teach but basically the first thing that a teacher knows is we've got to ask that question you've got to be curious why 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 okay now okay and again it's not my context I'm not there so what I'd be saying to the to the coach is well you've got to find out why now I'll give you one bit of research from PE okay physical education basically and I used this when I was at Navin the other day when they were talking about you know, should you stream grades and all that? Mm. And I said, no, no, you know, and I mentioned the English half game rule and mm. that's the way to go and all that. And but, but but I used this research with them. I said, look, we do know that the good kids in PE want to hang around with the good kids in PE, okay? It's as simple as that, okay? But it's your job as a teacher to make sure that that doesn't happen, okay? So a lot of the reasons why, okay, and again, Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not one of those guys who says that, you know, drills don't work. Okay, they, they have a place we've overdone and we know that. But what I have had enough of is the line, the line and the queue. Okay, and that's often the reason why, um, you know, when, when, when kids are standing out, for example, and they mightn't be as good as others. Okay, is that the motivation behind the young man getting fed up? I don't know. But if you put them into an environment of a small-sided game, okay, um, then basically there's that's more like society mm. you know we, we can't have the good kids playing just with the good kids because society doesn't work that way mm. and sport is a great vehicle to get them ready for society once they leave as we know every teacher says that oh things mm. are different when you get out of here yeah. etc basically so I, I, I would be wondering you know what is really going on now don't get me wrong when I was at uh, one of the clubs at Oxford, mm. okay, I can remember it was, um, this was the last trip, there was a th- under 13 girls team and I had them in, you know, different groups wrestling and stuff mm. and one of the young girls, I noticed something was going wrong and I, I said, what's going on here? And one of them was fed up with the other partner because she wasn't trying. Mm. Okay, so I had to take the coach aside and say, hey, what's going on with this young lady here? I knew something was up. Yep, she's only here because mum... Oh, no, so dad is a good coach and he makes the come. Okay, so again, you've got to find out why. We can't have that young lady sabotaging it for everyone else. But we can't kick her out straight away either. So, okay, so uh, what? What? So you find the reason behind. So there's there's a couple of things which come in here. Oh, so mate, maybe, I hope so. maybe the right. No, that's fine. So, so first of all, um, inevitably, uh, as a coach, you look at the environment you're creating and the, the training you're doing. So it might be need some nudges on on the training. Yeah. So yeah, we can we can do that, and we might need to maybe. Have have some more games and often as coaches we reflect back on our coaching and say yeah I could have kept them more engaged and that sort of thing 
But I sense this thing probably runs deeper than that, as we know. Oh, and then obviously, yeah. you're, you're, we're starting at one end of the... What can we change easily? Yeah. And it might be that we can change it again. So let us uh, look at this specific situation where uh, this girl under 13, she's turning up because uh, her dad's there. You can't change it at that moment. What would you suggest that a coach does to maybe deal with that problem without saying immediately, OK, you're not trying... Uh, you're not coming yeah. to the session next week. What, what would you do? Oh, well, the first thing that I did, and I always do this, well, I always find it strange when the great, you know, communication experts say you've got to look at someone front on mm. to address a problem. Mm. I don't think it works that way with kids and teachers because we've got a powerful <laughs> sort of persona. Okay, so the first thing I did was get alongside the young lady who was already on her knees and mm. I squatted down yeah. to ask if there is anything wrong. And, of course, they're going to say no yeah, yeah. at this point. Oh, I Okay, no worries. I just make sure that okay, we're we're all here to work, etc. Yeah. Okay, I've I've you know just given her that you know I suppose that little tap that I'm here. Obviously, yeah. not a physical. So in tap. a sense, you've you've uh, you've put a uh, you've said it, you've opened a little door, yeah. which she she now knows is yeah. open enough that if yeah. she wants to walk through the yeah. thing I muttered for, it is uh, there's a door yeah. for her to now. But if I stood there, if, or if, if, if I had to move straight away to try and let her solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because, again, the way I work, so even though they're working in pairs, mm. okay, basically, um, okay, it is quite a, a chaotic environment, so I've got to get away and let them try and work it out. Of course, sneakily have a look over. Mm. Okay, and when it's going on again, okay, I'll find out her name, okay, from the coach, and I'll say, okay, um, so-and-so, whatever her name was, mm. you are mucking around. Okay. Again, that's not in front of everyone else because it's an engagement uh, mm. in, environment. If they were in rows, yeah. I would apologise to the young uh, people in front and then I would, you know, direct myself to that, you know, you know better behaviour. So possibly I should have, to be honest with you now, I should have said to the other girl, mm. okay, um, you know, meaning the the girl who first complained, I should have found out her name. Mm. Oh, excuse me, sorry about this. And then to the other girl, you're doing this. But because it's a chaotic environment, you've got lots mm. of stuff going on, okay, just to get them to acknowledge that this is what you're actually doing. Mm. Okay, so, and as you and I know, you know, behaviour management, it, mate, there's a whole heap of different steps mm. that I could have, you know, put in beforehand. But at this one, I was what? I was there for 30 minutes only, and the guy asked me to teach him how to give the kids confidence. Now, I I've since reflected on that session. You know what I should have done, Dan? Mm. I should have made sure they all changed partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it because she didn't like this other young lady? Yeah, yeah. Like, like seriously. Mm. You know, who knows? When I when when the coach, of course, got all kind of, you know, worried about. Oh, geez, he's insulting. You know, look, look what mm. you know the attitude of these young people. They're just kids. Mm. You know, uh, and he explained this other thing. You know, with the dad, etc. You know, um, really. Yeah, I had to think back. Okay, the only thing that we can control is our own actions. So I should have really thought, okay, no, let's give it a go by changing around. But I didn't do it because mm. I was worried about the time and making sure that mm. they get this and this and this and this. So it's interesting then to look at these situations and, uh, in a sense, when when something happens in the moment, it can be very difficult. 
to an effect and a change if you haven't already experienced it or thought about it before. We've talked before about uh, good coaching often comes from experiences. We've also talked in the past and plenty of people talked about uh, that you learn from your mistakes. So in coaching, you make mistakes and uh, so you look back. So here's a situation that you're in there for 30 minutes, you don't know the backgrounds, but often a lot of the coaches are listening in are working with players that they've known for a number of years they they are aware of some of the backgrounds they probably will think right I need to know a little bit more about it yeah and they're now thinking right can I go in and tell this person off now the interesting thing for me is that I might have mentioned is this the the question was put from 15 year olds yeah now we know enough from being 15 year olds ourselves but also being <laughs> in teaching and you know, that 15 year olds are an extremely difficult age mm. to teach because they are expressing themselves as young adults and they are saying I'm growing up and I don't need to listen I want to be the person I want to be and they are making their mistakes and making their own way and I've seen this happen with my own children's teams where there will be some kids who are super keen. They're the ones who are doing extra laps before training. They're doing extra laps at the end and they're doing extra training. And others are there and you think, why the hell are you here? You are disrupting everything. Yeah. Now, if you've recognized that, and you can see that there are kids there who are frustrated. And I've heard, this, yeah, I've had yeah. these conversations before. I think that um, this is my thought. And I'm interested to see is, is that you are actually dealing with uh, not only dealing with the the children who are not putting in the effort. You're actually helping the kid who's putting in the effort to see it as as a situation where they've almost not they're not going to worry about it. It's not your problem. Yeah. Don't, don't worry that they're not putting enough. I know it's frustrating. I know that they may be letting down the scene. Yeah. That in the end, don't worry about that. Just concentrate on what you're doing well. Yeah. And it may be that you help them grow as players, but if they don't, they're the ones who are losing out. Mm. Don't worry about them. Um, and your conversation with them maybe help them feel better about it because this is what happens. There are going to be children at 14 and 15 who are on the edge of dropping out of the sport. Yes. And you are, you're in, you're involved in their journey. Yeah. And you don't, don't be sucked into their world. Yeah. Just let them get on with it. So there's that conversation. But is it possible to get the, the, the two or three boys or girls who are bringing the side down, can you recover them or do you need to move them out of the team? Oh, you what look, do you think? Yeah, oh, Jesus, no. Okay, but if you don't handle the situation correctly, it can become like cancer. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, mate, okay, in a rugby so, team... So, just there's an interesting yeah. thing, also, you said correctly, so we've got to try and work out but correctly, but let's just work around some of the things you might do, and then oh, we'll, we'll think well, about mate, what's it, it has to happen beforehand, meaning you, you need to eyeball, you know, whoever's brought them down. So when they when they first turn up mm. on their very first session, there's no drop-offs, meaning drop and run. Mm. Okay, the parents hang around for that first session. Mm. Okay, and you get to meet them all. I, I, I suggest you get there 45 minutes early. So, you know, and so if, if you've eyeballed them and shaken their hand, mm. okay, with the parents, you can go front on. Mm. Okay, then there's a little, you know, little little conversation like, did I correct that student? No, or that young learner? No, I didn't. I actually explained to her what her actions were. Yeah. I didn't correct it. 
Mm. Okay, I didn't need to go from there. That was enough at that point. Mm. Okay, and then the other coach got involved. So there's lots of other little things you can do. Once you've eyeballed that parent and, you know, they can see that you're a human being who who, who cares for the young people, mm. yeah, at some part, at, at, at some stage, you're going to have to say to that young person, look, mate, you're quite disruptive here for everyone else. Mm. Okay, just, just, just stand next to me for a second. Yeah. Okay, and, you know, have, have some time out and then go back in. Don't, don't keep them out for long. It's like, you know, 25 seconds and they're back. Yeah. Okay, so give them the opportunity. But that's only after you've done stuff like, okay, and again, I have to, mate, go get a book by Bill Rogers if you want <laughs> on behaviour management and he'll explain it all. But, okay, you've named the behaviour and then later on you've got to say, right, what should you be doing here at this point? Mm. Okay, at etc 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 so there's lots of other things you could do so for example with that group there was one other coach he was a great coach old school but he was good enough to know okay who this person was so after i moved on he just made sure he was near that young person and he was able to cajole her because he knew her okay so i would be suggesting i've seen it over here you've got about four coaches each team in england anyway okay and i I know we're talking from wales but that's what it seems like you're always going to have one who is really good and i saw that at a club it was an army officer he was a female that's not stereotype but she was the person who was able to get down side by side and just be the be the kid whisperer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so it's divide and conquer, Dan. We know this as teachers. Okay. Right. So this is what the research would suggest. If if you've got a team of fifteen, you're only going to get one kid like that. Mm. Okay. Who comes with all kinds of other issues. Okay. Mm. A bit like me. Hey. And I, you know, I went the other way out of fear, but I've, I've had every single abuse you could have ever suffered as a kid, okay? But, okay, there, there's other kids who go the other way like this, for example. I'm not, I'm not saying this was the case, but, right, you're only going to get one out of that 15. You've got about eight or nine that want to do the right thing. And then there's a group in the mid, uh, just on the fringe there who will possibly float over to that one if you don't do something about it. Now, someone's got to be the adult in that situation. If you've got, you know, like I see over here, certainly at that club, there was four coaches per team. Mm. Divide and conquer. Don't don't do this. This is this is what I saw a lot of was one coach would do one drill, mm. everyone else would stand back. Mm. <laughs> then it's the other coach's time. No, mm. get involved, okay? Because you know. Role modelling is so big for young people. If they come from a place where they don't know what boundaries are and all that kind of mm. stuff, Jesus, is there any better place to learn it than sport? Mm. Okay, so um, someone side on, you've asked for the attention. Okay, oh, excuse me, team, Courtney. That wasn't her name. I don't know what her name is. Courtney, you're doing this. Okay, okay, yes, sorry, class, so here we go again, whatever. Okay, you've got these owls next to them, nudge, nudge, nudge. Okay, just low tone, low down. Mm. Mate, more than likely, they're going to follow follow mm. up, you know. So what I would be suggesting is don't be standing back with your arms folded on the side. Mm. Get involved with them, okay, alongside the shoulder. Okay, I always taught that at university when I was yeah. some... Well, walk, walk with them. Yes. Yeah, and I, that's a very powerful way of dealing with quite a few... Not uh, aggressive problems, but d- difficulties because you're not uh, with a face to face can be quite difficult. So there, the, I mean, there is a there's almost like a path you've got to take now. Uh, with 15 year olds, uh, and I'm imagining this uh, certainly in a rugby situation, 
the parents probably aren't there at training. They get the kids yeah. get dropped off, and yeah. you're the coach. Now, I want to hope that um, with a bigger group, you've got more than one coach there. But uh, there's a couple of key things. First of all, there needs to be a model of behaviour. And one mm. of the things that we've talked about quite a lot uh, recently is that you've got to create a template which is the right behaviour for this mm. team. Mm. And if that, if you step away from that behaviour, they've got to be dare I say they've got to be consequences because mm. otherwise the team cannot operate you cannot accept certain types of behaviour mm. because otherwise the team doesn't grow as a team because that is it's important you're not running a crash you're not running something you're running something which is yeah. important for everybody's involved there yeah. and uh, dare I say it, there has got to be a situation where there has got to be sanctions mm -hmm. uh, where you can say to the players that there are there is some acceptable behaviour and there's things that we want to do okay we may not uh, you may not push yourself 100% in fitness training yeah uh, you might be 70 or 80% well that's that's an accept that's not acceptable behaviour but it's behaviour that you might do you might miss a few tackles but if you're disruptive if you're saying things if you're bullying or mm. and you're getting to a certain then these are behaviours which are unacceptable in the team mm -hmm. and we have got to say that uh, if you reach this stage there will be some uh, there could be a number of strikes where you say right um if you don't do this, then I'm afraid in the next train session, uh, I'd, I'd, you, I would like you to sit out yeah, or you, yeah. you don't come along because you need to come back and be uh, of this acceptable behaviour. And then eventually you're going to say, I'm afraid that this is the third time it's happened yeah. and um, the, we've got to ask you to leave. Now, the, I'm not saying that you... There aren't lots of things oh, going many, on to many support. many, many things, yes. You might be saying, right... You missed the you. We've we've imposed this sanction. You missed this session. Now that doesn't mean that that's the end of the conversation. Let us sit down with the people who are important, the stakeholders in here. Mm. It could be a parent. It could be mm. friends around and say, right, this is unacceptable behaviour. You, as you say, uh, I've identified the behaviour. What, what are you going to do differently next time? How are you going to do this? Why is it important? It's not uh, you shouldn't swear or you shouldn't do this. It's why is it important you don't do this? Yeah. Who is it affecting? How is it affecting? Yeah. And um, therefore, you know, you understand. So if we get to the second stage, which you hope we never get no, to. No, you shouldn't. Uh, the person actually says, actually, this is serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've made a mistake before. I sort of accept it, but this is serious. Now, you hope you never get to the third stage ever, yeah. but there is support systems in there. So the thing is that uh, the difficulty runs is that when you're with 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds, as you've said, you've built up a relationship with the parent yeah. uh, or the carer, and you're able to have conversations with them yeah. where you can support them. With a 15-year-old, they're, they're wanting to be adults. Yep. Yeah. And you've got to start giving them some adult responsibility, 100%. accountabilities. Hundred percent. These, these are some, uh, these are some. So there, there is a system. There is. It is. I also say to anyone who's listening in that anyone who thinks, and you've just said it, anyone who thinks is they've got a team that everyone's going to be switched on and that sort of thing <laughs> and lovely and. It, it doesn't happen. Well, if the kids fight. Yeah. Well, you know, there are things you can do to engage. Mm. You know, that's what I try and teach. Mm. Okay. Like, I, I've got this thing that I, I, I take, and it's Australian saying, because Bloom's taxonomy. Yeah. Remember when that took off in education? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a saying from us poor teachers, Maslow comes before blooms. In other words, I think I might have said it last yeah, yeah. time I was on, you know. Yeah. they got to feel safe. That is the key. Yeah. Now, okay, right. So I'm sorry to say this, but okay, so with the conversation, and, and the club should actually um, have some sort of, you know, okay, I used to use, okay, if I was at a Catholic school or, or, or a religious school, respect God. If it was a public school, okay, respect the environment, mm. respect yourself and respect others, mm. okay? Now, that's the safety thing, mm. okay? So, basically, at any stage when it starts to become unsafe, okay, Jesus, you know, someone's going to do something about it. But what I do, of course, is I try and, you know, create an environment where, again, with routines, how important they are, and this is what I try and teach when I come on these trips. Okay, again, the power of the group should be enough. So I say, we're all alpha wolves. Mm. I train them into, this is the position, etc. So I had already got them working like mm. that. But at this point, because maybe she, this, this one young lady couldn't work with that other young lady, and it was after a fair few different wrestling activities mm. where I knew something was up. Okay, mm. basically, yeah, yeah, we dealt with it, but mm. yeah, Jesus, I'd do some rambling, mate. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think uh, one of the things you just said is uh, uh, you've got to go back to the fact that uh, any team, you've got to feel safe within the team. 100%. And uh, now there's there's there are other issues here which we're not talking about, which is to go with bullying and fighting within the teams and personality clashes. We're not, yeah. we're not necessarily talking about personality clash. We're talking about one player's, a couple of players aren't making the effort. Yeah. And uh, so we're trying to deal with the the effort thing. So some of the things we talked about are probably far more extreme. Now, I think uh, if I was to draw my own conclusions, my own ideas on this, is that when you're 15, you have to understand that these 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 guys are on the edge of changing sport now I know yes. in Australia there's a guy I used to uh, talk to a lot called Warren Robillard who was with, the, oh, with yeah. the ARU and he said that um, one of the problems they found in Australia is kids were leaving rugby to go and do go do swimming um, right. and why why were they leaving well because swimming of course is not not necessarily a team sport yeah. they wanted to carry on playing sport but they weren't necessarily getting on with the people around them now is it was it a rugby problem potentially but it also it was they want to do something else they might have been playing rugby mm. so when you get to 15 you think um, uh, they might start under 7s so under 7s under 8s 9s 10s 11s 12s 13s 14s that is 8 years yeah. of playing with the same people going to the same training sessions that's a long time and that's uh, so it's a 35 week season oh and, Jesus Christ so they you're are, joking I'm sorry so well it's <laughs> just that long? it's a lot there's a lot of being together <laughs> yes. and playing rugby and and they are sometimes it's uh, it's time for them to maybe to move on now I don't want to be the person to say let's drop these people and no. move them away but let's understand that sometimes they're ready to move on and you've just got to say right we're going this way are you gonna are you gonna follow us well, it's interesting mate that's really really intriguing because I just had a brainwave recently that Okay, and I've been coach developing for a long time like you, you know, the 10 years of academia, all that rubbish. And you could go into a room back in the day and you'd say, right, why do kids play a sport? And they'd come up with the same answers that they would come up with in 1996. Okay, friends, um, competence challenge, competence slash challenge and fun, right? 
recently I've been asking the same questions. It even happened at Navin the other day, and it happened at Haven't, mm. where they said, "Why do kids turn up? Because our parents, because their parents make them." Mm. So yeah, you know. <laughs> That's another thing to think about. Now, in regards to that, here's where we've got to think about it. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach whatever sport, whoever turns up, and that's where the Irish were wonderful. You know, the you know camogie coaches turned up. You know, wonderful Navin paid my fee and all that kind of stuff. I said, anyone come, and you know, you 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 know, all your Gaelic games, whatever soccer turned up, and but 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 basically, what I was trying to say was, whatever your sport is. If you make it engaging enough, allow them to leave, yeah. you know? If yours is good enough, okay, but we just want them to play any sport, yeah. any sport. And so I think we've got to think about the format, to be honest with you. Yeah. When you say 36-week season, I'm sorry, you might want to get a punch in the face where I go next, but yeah. Jesus, I, I think we need to start thinking about 13-week seasons. I think we need to start thinking about for certain ages, like say 16, 17, 18, when they want to start looking for jobs in Australia. Okay, should should they train? I don't know. Well, it's, uh, I, there's been there's a couple of things, I want, themes I want to bring in on here. Is uh, first of all, um, I don't know enough detail about it. Detail about it, but in Wales they've sort of taken a sort of mid-season break for the oh. for the minis and juniors because right. here we are. We're in Wales and we've just walked down to have a lovely coffee on Mumble's oh, front yeah, and we it? got it's wet. Beautiful. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's lovely. Because, as I said, we looked out the foggy across the foggy bay. Uh, in Mumbles, um, but we got soaked, and the, the grounds are s- uh, soaking wet. And they, the, they've, they've said to the kids, "Right, let's take a break from rugby, and then you come back and you'll be refreshed." Now, it'll be interesting to see how this works through. I, my own feeling is that they'll come back, uh, champion at the bit, and everyone will be refreshed, ready to go, and uh, they'll take advantage of what's what's going on. So, wow, I there is, I, I think that that's good. But also, there's been a really interesting movement. Uh, um, uh, d- d- f- play uh, f- p- uh, free to play uh, Salisbury Rovers. Uh, oh uh, yes, they're, they're, they're fantastic. They're really driving that leading through. the way through Joey Peters. Yeah, the great Joey. Yeah, and the Matilda. Uh, yeah, and oh. so um, what? What the danger is is that uh, you get into a cycle of play, uh, playing matches, 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 train for yeah. matches, and you don't get what a the free play. And so, as you said, the parents are driving the kids to to play, be part of teams, which is important, and all of the great things yeah. about that. But the, the, they aren't they aren't having enough space to play yeah. and relax and enjoy themselves. So they're getting into a so wow, uh, one of the the advantages that uh, you get from school sport is that you'll play say one term of rugby one yeah. term of another sport one term of another sport and if you're if you're lucky enough uh, the school will play enough matches to keep it going now the, the, the great unfortunate thing is that school sport and PE teachers are under such a lot of pressure that mm. uh, only a few schools outside the independent sector are able to do that and they and some of these PE teachers they do a brilliant oh, yeah. job in doing that but the pressure on them to do it is enormous uh, so the clubs have picked up the slack yes and this means that we have got almost this um i'm trying to think conveyor belt of week train train yeah. match train match and there are some Sunday mornings when the parents uh, get the call that the match is off and there's uh, great <laughs> cheers and there's, 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 on Saturday night. And 
the kids aren't the kids aren't really they aren't so going oh no we're missy again yeah as much as we think they are yes but maybe they would just like to go off and play with their mates okay so anyway that's just so I want to go on to a different question unless you want to jump no, in no no <laughs> something there yeah. there you go uh, so there's uh, so I think there's a lot in the fact that when they get to 15 maybe as you say they should go off and do something else but the great the, the thing that you don't want to be doing is for them just to go off and lie in bed all morning no no but, I they, look, but they will that's, that's why the club is so important over here I mean I've worked that out. The club is more important over here than the... You know, that's what I was going to say. Um, than the school, okay? Um, in Australia, we have the luxury where we have, you know, primary trained PE teachers, for example. Don't get me wrong, it, it's dropping off. So, you know, like I said to Navin the other day, or haven't... Um, sorry, guys. Okay, especially in Ireland, when you think about the GAA, I mean, you know, a lot of them are <laughs> volunteers and um, tied to the parish. But... Okay, I heard from one of the GAA development officers, he said, we don't have a proper PE curriculum. That shocked me. And I said, okay, sorry about this, guys, but you are the teachers. Okay, this is where the club is very important. Okay, but in that environment at Navin there, so you had them all coming together to learn from each other. So they realised that, okay, this should be a safe place, but it's not just our club, it's clubs in general, coaches working together for these young people. Okay, that that's that's what I would have added there before. Yeah, and I think um, the the other danger which comes about is that uh, you you almost you specialise too much because you're playing mm. playing rugby uh, for your club, and if you're very good player, you might be playing county or yeah. um, uh, representative rugby, but there is. If you're playing a number of different sports, and I was uh, very lucky as a kid, I played lots of different sports. Yes. So you could have a successful game on a on a Saturday and an yeah. successful game on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, with a completely different, different. group of people, yes. and then you could be unhappy with the group on a, on a Saturday, but happy yes. with the group on a Sunday. So you had a chance to let you you, you weren't struck struggling with the same group of people where you'd be falling out with uh, X, Y and Z <laughs> yes. and you could so anyway that's sorry. So right back, and now, back uh, to what you said earlier. Yeah so yep. um, what I wanted to you, I know that you and I'm gonna ask you to you're in la 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 da which is up in the north north of Wales and again apologies to my uh, friends up in that part of the world for my mispronunciation of that place and you're at this great school Mm. uh, St David's and they have a great range of kids there with uh, lots of different uh, learning abilities learning abilities and so what I wanted to know was um, one of the, the the important things in rugby, uh, well, in all sports, is that in any session you should have a degree of differentiation. Yes. Uh, so, what's your understand? What do you understand by the word differentiation? <laughs> okay. Well, well, for starters, short, your short version, <laughs> please. Again, we're unique learners. Okay, and when we're at uni. You know, university, Dan, we were told you're supposed to differentiate for all. Impossible. Former university lecturer, I'll say it again, impossible. You cannot do it. So we're just going to reiterate that. (laughs) You cannot cannot teach 
uh, a lesson <laughs> or a sports scene where everybody's yes. needs are met. A hundred percent. There's a few things you can do, though, to help. Right. Okay, and when you talk about the needs are met, okay, but let's talk about differentiation. All that means is that, okay, if they are unique, okay, so for this young person here, okay, I'm assuming that he thinks at least... This 15-year-old, mm. okay, uh, in, in, in that earlier issue, okay, that one, so I'm, I'm going to get back to St. David's, okay, maybe he just needs some extra extension, you know. It, 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 again, it's the one thing we can control is our own behaviour. So what possibly haven't we done to help the situation? Maybe he needs extension. So that's one thing about differentiation. How do you extend certain kids? How do you also support kids that need a bit extra? Yeah. Okay, now, St. David's, oh, my goodness, I was blown away. I mean, look. So what, what were they doing then? So, we, we first of all, we okay. recognise you can't, you can't do it for everyone, but the, the two key things you say is for some kids you want to extend. Yeah, uh, at so times, that, yeah. So, yeah. So you just give them a little bit more um, things to think about, to do, and yeah. for others you need to support, which means that they are struggling situation. Yeah. So, you go, so uh, what were they doing? What sort of things were you seeing that they did? Oh, well, okay, so... so and. Without boring you about self-determination uh, theory, Daisy and Ryan. So what I'm, okay, the umbrella there is we need to make the kids feel competent, which are, again goes with Maslow. Like, All right, give needs yeah. safety. Okay, yeah. safety. So, so you know, sometimes they need support. Sometimes, okay, right. They've got 200 kids, I think. Mm. It was started as a school for dyslexic people in the 1960s, I think maybe 1965. Now they've got kids from all different uh, learning abilities. Mm. Okay. Yet they're playing against some schools with 1,800. Mm. Okay. Now, don't quote me on the figures, but I know that one. The 1,800 is true. And the young Irish boy, uh, Ted was his name, um, he said, oh, yeah, no, no, you're right about the Gaelic. That's why I'm such a good rugby player. He scored three tries not before he told <laughs> He was also a left-footed kicker. Now, um, basically, at the first 15 level, so the top team, made, um, I met boys in there that had, you know, they were on the um, spectrum, I suppose, without going into proper details there. Uh, and they're fitting in beautifully as a team. Mm. Now, again... So what were they doing in order for those players to... Well, what actions were you... They, they were the teachers using to help? Oh, well, OK, there was a young strength and conditioning coach called Ross. Now, most strength and conditioning coach, and I've worked with professional teams, are hopeless at running a group. They'll line them up. Mm. OK, I went along to observe Ross. So they've thought about, again, what do we need to achieve? OK, so you've got the PET Dan and he's like me or you etc have recognised that okay because they're not climbing trees as much anymore we might need to go back to functional movement so he's brought in Ross after another great young fella too I can't remember his name now sorry um, but anyway but this guy's the strength and conditioning coach I went along and he's got a, a group of kids with all different abilities okay and he when everyone uses this buzz idea of learner centred um coaching or whatever a guy straight out of uni is doing it mm. and he's not got a teaching background mm. okay and I'm talking about right he's got mats out for a couple of the ADHD kids to mm. just every now and again go go for a jump yeah. he's also got in like it's a it's a 
a modified squash court. They've got hardly any space inside. Okay. Um, he's got so he's got that opportunity. Sometimes they've got a chance to um, if, if they need activity, they'll row. But okay, he's teaching things like the athletic, you know, positions of the base or you know the half base and all that. So what he does is one person is gonna be the coach of everyone else and they'll go through it and they're allowed to ask him three questions. Let's work on this now, okay? And they'll be at the front coaching everyone so they can feel empathy, which I think is an amazing idea. So who's the, who's the, who's the coach there? The kids yeah, the coaches? Yeah, yeah. All right. And then he'll put him in pairs as well. So this time you're the coach and you're the athlete and he'll send the athletes off to do something mm-hmm. and then they'll do a little quick, you know, brainstorm. This guy's only been there since September, right. you know? And so so there was all of that going on. Now, I'm a very experienced coach, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was told to just go in there and we will observe you. Mm-hmm. And there were certain things that I was doing that, you know, was pretty funny, you know, and even Dan would say, geez, you know, Gunner, you've just, you know, confused a whole heap of dyslexic mm-hmm. kids here with the colours that you yeah, <laughs> yeah, used, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. Another thing that I did at the end was and as soon as I said it I thought hey, that's wrong you know but anyway I I can't help myself I like to you know I'm a touchy sort of feely person and everyone's in front of me sorry RFU mm-hmm. um, but basically right I you, you're all going to shake my hand this is with you know the year nine rugby team you're going to look me straight in the mm-hmm. eye now you know there are certain ones of those learning abilities that hate that yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I said oh no but right every single one of them looked me in the eye yeah. <laughs> So they've created this situation where, again, okay, he, Ross, earlier, in the earlier session that I observed, I mean, that was the first session, too, that he had with this one group, okay, but he was able to break them up enough in a sort of chaotic environment and an organic environment where they're doing whatever they need to do, and he got to know each of their names during it. Mm. And that is one of the key pieces we've got to, tell all these coaches out here if you don't know their name it's it's an insult okay real quick you know to any young person let alone an old person so that's some of the stuff that they did do so they're focusing on the functional movement but okay again Dan has this approach where on the field and it reminded me of Jack Gibson okay the great rugby league coach winning starts on Monday yeah. they've done the work during the uh, training session during the game he doesn't coach they're making the decisions. Mm. He doesn't care. They try and fail. He was giving me examples of cross-foot kicks over mm. the <laughs> this type of stuff. But the other thing they have done, and apparently one of the teams that they beat, okay, one of the 1800, okay, was the night before. And um, one of the PE teachers was quite cross saying, you know, you get extra time with these young people, mm. which they do. Mm. So in their curriculum, they've got two games lessons, I think, and one functional movement lesson each week. Right. 80 minutes, three times, 80 minutes, because, and the headmaster's fully backing it, okay, through sport and physical education, Every bit of the curriculum should should benefit. Mm. Okay, I've worked at a school run by Oblate Priest, which was a French order, where the primary school kids, for the first 40, 45 minutes, could do any activity. And it reminded me when I was in the Army Reserve. Mm. You know, when, you know, like, um, I was the only Army Reservist in this rugby team. And basically, I think it was like an hour and a half. At the start, you turn up, an hour and a half of doing any exercise. And ours was rugby. So, you know, if the Army are doing it, mm. how is it not going to help us you know as as you know teachers of kids because mm. mate we borrow everything else from the army like lineups and all <laughs> drills. And drills. And drills, yeah. 
<laughs> so this is again what this this amazing I, I tell you and I'm going back to school next year or this year and I'm going to be the sports leader of a school and St David's highly inspired me because they are living the unique learner experience so uh, I mean you've gone off and uh, you haven't haven't answered my question you have have, to a certain extent but what what I want to um, what I want to go back is the differentiation so uh, this is young strength and conditioning coach so in order to help differentiate he broke up uh, into lots of different groups he had he had activities available for those yep. who might need support yep. and he had activities available for those who might need extension yep. and in order to run those activities if you are on your own as a coach or you don't you don't have that many coaches around yeah. you the way to help differentiate is to have um, a situation where I say we're going to do this exercise uh, and some of you I'm going to empower to yeah. use that uh, terminology uh, to become the coach and some of the athletes so we're going to maybe work on if we take a rugby context we're going to work on some passing and uh, we're going to do some passing activities and these are the key things you're going to coach this and so that would be extending a player who may be uh, a better player Mm. because you say right because you're very good at passing I want you to help coach this and uh, maybe then they can go and coach the better group as well so Mm. right so we're going to split off and you're going to go with uh, person A, B and C and A, B and C are actually going to be quite good players and you're going to do and the weaker players like F, G and H are going to go off and they're going to be doing this exercise which is lower down yeah the scale and stone skill and you might be closer to that group yeah to help support them uh, but you're going to keep an eye on the group overall so that might be that's one way one way of a million yeah. And I can give you some other things that he yeah, did yeah, then. Okay, well, so for example, he knew already who was going to be, um, you know, like maybe maybe you picked it up. I mean, there was one young girl that I thought, mate, she's going to be a fantastic teacher or coach, you know what I mean? Just the way she, she presented to the class, etc. But, right, so he, he had two PVC poles <laughs> and they had to just, well, first they started with a game. He asked the young people and this young girl, I think her name was, I shouldn't say the names, mm. but but I remember her name now. Okay, oh, can we play this game, sir, where, okay, we're, we were all holding our um, pole and then we let go of them and we all moved to the next oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that on, on uh, YouTube. Yeah. I've never seen it, yeah. but she had. Mm. Okay, so they did that and then he asked them to, you know, modify it further. Mm. Okay, so they were in lines at this point and they had to swap from each other. How do we make it harder? And again, so certain kids, there was one great athlete and she was a female and, mate, um, you know, she was, you know, as it was a 13-year-old or maybe 12-year-old class and you know how some of them, you know, young girls, you know, develop earlier. You know, she, she was probably the best out of everyone. But she came up with this idea that basically they were going to have their backs turned to each other mm. and then they're going to have to turn when, when he said so mm. etc so that's given the kids who want the empowerment the, the help mm. okay now at other times because the way he set it up then he could go to certain kids because again it's the the organic environment mm. that he's he's developed those kids that do need the support he can go and help them with whatever mm. now it's a bit like if I started a, a, a class on kicking the first thing you want to do don't worry about technique and it's the same with javelin within reason let them kick the bloody bejesus out of it Mm. you know let them feel what it's like okay and then you can possibly
possibly, okay, have a look at them and say, right, I, if I give you this volleyball here, young person, okay, now, now, you, now, now you see how far it goes. And, you know, volleyballs, bang, they, they fly, you know what I mean? But it's easier to kick. That's differentiation for some. Yeah. For another kid who needs extension because he's, he's been played, give him a tennis ball yeah, yeah. and see how far he can kick it with his left foot or his, yeah. you know, whatever. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about with differentiation. You know, you and I know that there's so much. But one of the things that I did there that I probably could have added was that, you know, give them a choice. Okay, here's a whole heap of balls. Mm. And, and then they get to experiment what, how, they, how they feel. Yeah. Again, that's different. Give them the choice. Yeah. Now, another thing I want to just uh, add on to that, and just to tie things up, is that uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, Doug Lemov. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that he talks about is wait time. And uh, so you ask a question. This is mm, uh, very important. And uh, so you ask a question in order to differentiate. Yeah. And you know, with a bunch of kids, there's always two or three kids. Uh, you ask a question, you haven't even finished answering the question, they've got their hand up yeah. to answer because they just want to say, so you'll say, right, I'm going to ask a question. I don't want anyone to give me any answers and I'll give you a certain time before yeah. I ask for answers. And that gives the better kids who are reflecting yeah. on what might happen a yeah. chance to come up with the answers. So you say, right, I've given you some time mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, ask this person here yeah. uh, or invite this person here to ask questions. So you give them a chance to think about it. The other thing I think is important is also to use a wait time uh, over... Um, a day or so. A day or so, yes. So you might say, right, uh, we've done the poll thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, before the next lesson, um, I want you to go away and think of some things that we might do. But um, I'm not going to ask you during the lesson. Mm. I'll ask you before lesson, uh, come to me with your ideas and we yes. can talk through them. And uh, then we... So you don't get put on the spot. So, well, I think the best idea is to uh, do this. Yeah. You might say, and you know at the time, sometimes the kids will give you something you think, oh, that's really dangerous. Yeah. Or it's terrible. <laughs> that's one of the worst ideas. And therefore, they might feel embarrassed. So come to me beforehand, and we might mm. they might come up with an idea. And I might help, help them modify it. So there you're the great the power of that is the conversation that you have before training yeah the kid will come up to you the young person I don't the young person has very full or well, some people get offended if you call them kids. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, so, and and and, that, and that's a real Australian thing to say. You call them kids, you know. But yeah, so he said, young people come to you and says, like, um, I've got this idea, and you you give them the confidence and says you enjoy you know without being patronised. You say I enjoy the idea, so let's see how that would work. Yeah. Uh, what might be the difficulties in that? And it might be that you end up doing exactly what their idea is, yeah. or you might be you might modify that idea, and then that's that differentiation. You might say to them, "Right, I love the idea, yeah. young person. Yes. Uh, so, uh, right, we're going to do the poll thing, and young person is going to come forward and do it. Yeah. And they've differentiated it. Uh, but also, you could use that young person. Yeah. To say, right, so I think you're going to do this really well, and I think you and uh, a young person C and D and so yeah. how about the people who are going to struggle what can they do and yeah. then the young person is differentiating on your behalf what and that's and what, and that's what happened. You all the work. That's what happened in St. David's. All right, brilliant. I'm telling you because at the start he didn't meet these guys, but he had to get a feel for how they were. Okay, what would your lesson want to look like? Talk to your partners here, and they mentioned fun, of course, straight in the way, and then it was other um, words. He wrote them all up, 
And they went and did the, uh, you know, driven a lot by, okay, the actual people. Now, when we think about differentiation, by the way, remember, guys, you can't do it for everyone, okay, but maybe, maybe, you know, later on he can focus on what he saw. Okay, I'm going to really focus on these three. And then in the moment, do little bits of support. But you know what he did at the end? Okay, guys, okay. Now, I'm going to stay down here with Craig. You guys go up to the classroom. I shouldn't, mate. Hopefully the headmaster's not listening. And, and, and we'll follow a little bit longer. And I want you to write up your reflections just with words on how the class was. <laughs> and we walked upstairs. And one of those young people who I, who I mentioned before, one of the young females, she thought, I don't want him to see it yet. I don't want him to see it yet. It was all great. So hey, turn around. So we turned around, and then she didn't trust him. So she ran out and and covered, you know, his eyes. <laughs> so he couldn't see, and it was all. And then they they had the the board full of all these positives oh, about it. Oh, and that so that was a sh- you know when we're talking the long wait, he gave him that time yeah. to work it out as the group. There's two other things about the long wait. I used it the other day in Navin, and I use it at probably once every session where pretty much you know that they're taking time to process what, I, what I've what i asked them, mm. okay? I don't want to embarrass them too much because I start to feel uncomfortable that they're waiting and I don't want them to shout something out. Mm. So I'll say, this is called the long wait principle, mm. okay? I'll wait at least 20 seconds and one of you will feel embarrassed enough for me to say something. And sure enough, um, whoever came out with it, it was gold, mm. absolutely, because he took time to think about it and, and we had this discussion. The other thing about the long wait, it certainly happens with someone like me with a lot of Catholic guilt, is basically, okay, if 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 you pick someone, you know, who's a good kid that's done the wrong thing, okay, oh, look, I'm going to talk to you about that. And then I'll, they'll, they might start feeling guilty during the session. Oh, you know, I'm serious, you've been there before. Oh, can, can we talk about it now? <laughs> no, 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 I'll talk to you about it later. Oh, can I talk about it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Talk about it later. Talk about it later. And by that stage, stuff's really unpacked in their brain. You know, like the reasons before, uh, but what's happened, especially if they're a certain kind of kid and you've got to get to know your kids, and then it'll just be, they'll just blow it out. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes there'll be tears or whatever, but yeah, the the weight's important. It Mm. gives you time to process. I like that. Mate, this Doug Lemoff's coming on, is he? Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Ask him if he knows Bill Rogers, the famous (laughs) Australian... (laughs) Well, I think uh, the great thing about uh, Doug is, and uh, is that he is, uh, is he will he will say it's not his ideas. He is, yeah. it's all about practical stuff. He's seeing it, yeah. he's experiencing, he's watching teachers the way, do, though, and it? you're learning from uh, the grassroots of teachers in the, in there. There's, there is the theory behind it, but is it working for those those learners? And the, yeah. one of the most important things is that. Uh, it's all very well, say, listening to us uh, uh, babbling on that sort of thing. Uh, is it going to work for your learners exactly. at that moment? And that's what the difficult thing is to be able to do this. And now, one of the things we said right at the start, we're talking about Stuart Wilkinson, and he said, um, uh, we look at ourselves now as coaches, and yeah. we, we want to be... We want to have that be have those experiences or use those experiences when we were younger yeah. coaches, and I think when I look back and I think um, in those in those circumstances, I, I wish I'd uh, yes. wish I'd done things like that before and uh, used those experiences. Anyway, um, we've we've done some as usual. We've gone around the houses. 
but there's, as usual, there's, there's lots of gold. And uh, if if um, if the camera was, we're going to have a a hug. That's right. So that's the sound. That's the sound of a that's the sound of a hug. So good. Uh, it's been lovely as usual to uh, chew the fat and go around the houses on lots of different things. Thank and you. As usual, the energy is fantastic. So thank you. <laughs> very much for your esteemed time I know I fed you with lots of pasta as you call it <laughs> pasta yeah it was lovely pasta. lovely uh, look I've got to tell you um, Dan's punching well above his weight okay he's got a wonderful <laughs> wonderful uh, kind partner called Donna and she runs the place yeah. okay and, and, and that's why I'm able to be here so happy <laughs> that's right I hope she's made us some bacon sandwiches <laughs> Uh, so anyway, just to uh, say that this is another Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. Oh, Gunny, you want to say? Something? Oh no, I was going to say. Look, if, if anyone was interested in any of that stuff and they yeah, want yeah, to contact yeah, yeah, yeah. me, obviously, you know, they could find me on. Right. Okay. Tell me how they can find you. Oh, well, Coach Gunny, um, G U N Y. So, Coach, of course, all one at uh, craiggun.org and look there's a lot of stuff on differentiation etc on my YouTube channel called Gun Engagement okay so there's there's something if, if you reach you've out say, you've saved me having to say so uh, if you want to know more about these podcasts go to rugbycoachweekly.net yeah. and click on the podcast thing there will be links under the podcast to be able to contact oh wow well. And ask, him, and ask him <laughs> some very complicated questions and uh, make sure you give yourself a good hour to get to the, uh, to the end of the year. No, no, no. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's always a pleasure because um, a lot of what Gunny says is uh, it's all based on the practical. Mm-hmm. It is... Yeah, there is the science behind it, but you've got to be able to go out there and try these things out. We talk a lot about uh, making mistakes, and Too right. uh, um, we've made a few in our in our time. I can tell it's you, the only way to learn. It's uh, it is one of the only ways to learn. So. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that I certainly have an enormous amount of energy I always come away thinking um, I think I've got to be more energetic number one uh, and, but also the thing is that uh, it just makes me excited to get out there and coach a lot more so Kenny thank you very much thank you and uh, I hope you everyone's enjoyed listening to our our chat if it was a chat <laughs> thank okay. you thanks very much and bye bye Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to RugbyCoachWeekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.